with Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. What up, family? I am psyched to be here again. I got my good friend Frank Sodentag on uh, in the studio. You guys know him, um, and I know you guys love him. He has a daily show called The Frank Sontag Show, and I met him probably like, shoot, how long has it been now? Six Got to be at least five, six years, yeah. Yeah, five, six years ago, yep. and I've uh, been on the show. And You um, met me when I had a full head of long hair. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I had you back on this show, too, and you, you were did. talking about how you came out of New Age, That's how you right. were involved with that. You're working at KLOS as well. And, um, you know, you can go back to my archives on my website, ryan-reese.com, and grab his testimony. But tonight... We're going to be talking about, um, oh man, just living for God in this culture and um, rising up and standing for something, not just going along with this weak Christianity. You know, I, I for some reason, a lot of people believe that Jesus is this guy in this nice, beautiful field with this lamb around his neck, just, you know, smiling, looking all sweet. But what I know about Jesus and what I read about him is that he came on a rescue mission out of eternity to die for the sins of the world. Think about how hardcore and punk rock that is, really, to come out of eternity and die on the cross for the sins of the world. And then when you read about him, he came and he, he, he came to, to love on people, to heal the blind, to heal the sick. He cast out demons. He got this motley crew of, of disciples and, you know, these common folks that were fishermen, these, these rough around the edges guys. You know, you had Judas, the guy that denied him. You had Peter, you know, he always said the wrong thing, but he was always a man of, of faith. But he also denied Jesus, but but God did amazing things with these guys, the sons of thunder, the tax collectors. He got these ordinary men and he poured into them and he did extraordinary things with them. And he was a God of love and compassion, but yet he stood for something. We know the story where he went into the temple and he cleared out the temple. And in the scriptures, it said that he knocked over the money changers. It says that he made a whip and he chased out all the men and the animals out of there. And I've been to Israel and I know where the temple would have been. And this is a massive area. And when you really think about what Jesus did at that point, chasing them visually, oh, how he chased out all the animals. You know how many animals were in this area and men the disciples were probably just looking at him tripping out going who is this guy because he did this at the very beginning of his ministry and he cleared the temple at the very end because what was going on at that time is that the religious system they became religious they caught up in all these man-made religions and traditions and they were ripping off God's people keeping them away from worshiping God and Jesus had that righteous anger and he did not put up with that so you have a man 100% man 100% God of love but yet he was a man and he did not play games preach it brother Okay, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so now, with that said, no, you got it. <laughs> Look, I, I I made mention recently at our at our KMG event. I asked the guys rhetorically. So, is Jesus was is he was he more like Mother Teresa? Yes. Or William Wallace and Braveheart? And I'm sure a lot of guys are like, well, I'm not sure. Well, the truth is both. Yep. It depends. He was loving, compassionate, healing, as you just shared. Mm -hmm. And yet, he, the Exodus 15, 3, the Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. Yep. 
And you just talked about clearing out the temple. I mean, he was a bad dude. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of men in the church get only one side of him. And I think men in the church, they're bored. I think we're suppo- they think we're supposed to be nice. And okay, there's a time and a place for that. But uh-uh. I mean, look at culture right now. Men have checked out. Men have kind of relinquished their place in culture because they've got beaten up by the secular world. They've got in the church, and we kind of preach this needy, sissified Jesus. And I think a lot of guys almost are as if they need permission. They're looking around like, okay, and we talked on the air about the term dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think God is calling his sons to rise up and be dangerous to culture that's so, well, asleep. In the church and out of the church. So you you have a conference that I went to this weekend. Yeah, you at, did. Or last weekend. It yep. was called Rise Up. Yep. What was the lineup? We, about four years ago at another radio station, I believe God gave me a word to bring men together. So four years later, eight conferences at the station last year, I just kind of felt deep in my heart the Lord was calling me to open a nonprofit. So we have a 501c3, Kingdom Men's Gathering, KMG Ministries. And so we've been praying for a year. And this event we just did last Saturday um, was our first one. We had, there's two guys that have really walked with me through this. Victor Marks, who is a Marine. His ministry is all things possible. He's a guy that is very unorthodox. And he's also got a residence in northern Iraq. He moved his family there to help rescue kids from ISIS. He's got an orphanage they're building. He's a pretty rad dude. So Victor, one of my guys, he was there. Daryl Strawberry is the other guy. They both said, look, when you get KMG off the ground, we're going to be there with you. Awesome. So Daryl, Victor, got any Vince Evans who played for the um, Raiders mm-hmm. and the Bears not that long ago. He was there. A 35-year Major General Delta commander, his name is Kurt Fuller, I got him through Victor, was there. And Bobby Schuler. Bobby was our pastor. Mm-hmm. Very. That, that was a rad message he, he gave. It sure was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard some grumblings. Really, Bobby Schuler? Absolutely Bobby Schuler. He, he, he was dope. So that was it. We had those five gave up. Um, stepped up and, and preached the word in their own ways and talked about their radical testimonies. Then Victor was our keynote. He talked about spiritual warfare and mm-hmm. strongholds mm-hmm. and breaking demonic strongholds. And at the end, when he invited guys to step forward, we counted over 500 men, stepped up and said, no more. We want freedom in Christ. And it was it was quite an ending. It was massive. I only got to come for the morning session because I had something else going on. I was going on a date with my wife, but it was... Where are your priorities, brother? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, if I would have known your wife was going to be there, I would have brought my wife. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, it was massive. It was at the Cottonwood Church. Um, I mean, how many thousands of people showed up? I mean, that church was... Cottonwood seats about three, thirty, four hundred. We had 2,200 guys. It was packed. And then that picture on your Instagram... Yep was just massive of all these these guys coming forward. And this is what we need to see in this time. I was so moved by this conference. And you know what? You and I, we think a lot uh, alike as you were you know, presenting uh, what you were saying at the very beginning, how um, just how you presented um, the whole mission of this Rise Up conference. And that's why I wanted to get you in here so you could talk to the masses through the show about what's going on in your heart because I think there is a major need. As you look at society and everything that's going on, 
it's really like it's you got this whole like feminist movement rising up and then you're they're like downgrading all the men making them like sissies and it's like you know i you know i want girls to be amazing and and, and be successful my wife is very successful she has huge careers she's done major things that's all great but i'm seeing these these men that have to be the leaders at the end of the day, that's the way God created us to lead our wives and our kids and to be that man in the family. Um, but I see that they're just falling by the wayside. Well, there's two attacks. Secular attack is we've seen it since the sixties with the feminist movement, the women's lib movement. Now we've got a culture where it's gender equality, gender neutrality. Mm -hmm. My 10 year old son's growing up in a world where where are the men? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've if you know about the fashion apparel company Bonobos. They've got a commercial on television. It's a 60-second commercial. It's called hashtag redefine. I think it's redefine the term or something about redefine or new definition. It's guys sitting there reading the definition of masculinity. And they're going like strong. Um, uh, um, leaders and all, and they're like, not me. And, and they, they're kind of effeminate. It's an attack clearly on masculinity on college campuses, toxic masculinity. Our young men are being taught that something is wrong with them the way God made them as men. So there's this attack by culture. And then again, not the hammer of the church. There's some wonderful, God-fearing, Bible-based churches yeah. that are really challenging men. But again, as you shared so articulately at the beginning, some churches are just kind of teaching the sissify Jesus, where they think we're just supposed to be meek and mild. A guy came up to me after I shared my my challenge to men. Yes. I wanted to come out really hard and strong and really challenge him. Guy came up to me on the break, and he was shaking. He said, don't, don't tell men to be angry. We're supposed to be meek. We're supposed to be mild. That's not a message you should put out. And I just listened to him. I said, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. And I said, let me ask you a question. There's a time for that, but is there not a time for men to truly step out as men of God, as protectors, as leaders? And he just kind of looked at me. I think that time is now. Mm -hmm. I think God is just watching and calling his sons to step out. I mean, I, I, I just, I'm not a name dropper here, but a mutual friend we know and love, Pastor Greg Laurie, who's mm -hmm. a dear friend. We just had the Harvest Crusades, yep. 100,000 people. Greg, in his own way, is, is talking about spiritual awakening and revival. We are primed for a revival. And my take on it is it's got to start with men saying, okay, no more. I want to get real about my pornography addiction or whatever's going on. I'm jacked up. I'm lost and I'm playing church and we need to stop doing that. And leaders need to go point the finger at the guy and go, get real. If you're a mess, talk about your mess, find some guys and let's do this and lean hard into what God's plan is right now. And yeah. I tell you, the Holy Spirit is on the move. You know what? That's funny that you said that because, um, I was listening to Greg this morning, uh, driving up to the to the conference or what was it this music festival thing I was at today, and he was talking about um, the lukewarm, and you know how lukewarm is the most dangerous yep. place because Jesus in Revelation says if you're not hot or cold and you're lukewarm, God will spit you out of His mouth. Right. And you, when you really think about that, if you drink uh, lukewarm coffee, literally you want to like spit it fast and hard out of your mouth because it's <laughs> disgusting, right? Or like yep. lukewarm soup, and that's when you get a visual of what Jesus Jesus is saying this: if you're not hot or cold. 
and you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. And Greg was saying how the lukewarm is the most dangerous because you know all the verses. Oh, yeah, you know, all things work together for good. Oh, you know, deny yourself, pick up your cross. You know all the verses. God is good. God is good yeah. all the time. You know, like we just play you know church the- and act like we're perfect Christians yes. and everything is good. But there's no, you either got to be on fire for God or you got to be cold. But the lukewarm is the most dangerous. And, uh, and it all comes ba- down to is the repentance. We ha- going back to what you said is as men, me, myself, is I live in a crazy world. I'm looking at social media. Um, you know, I'm on social media. A, a photo could pop up very easily. And this is to all men listening. You see something and it could be a girl in a bikini because you know how like Instagram and all that. You just get random stuff. Boom, something pops up. That automatically with my uh, roots to pornography when I was younger, all the way till I got saved, that could lead me to want to click on it. Yep. It's not a sin to see it, yep. but then if I click on it, what is the next moment? If I even click on it to look at it more, now I'm starting to like look, imag- my, my, my mind's going, the imagination, now Satan's starting to work. That can lead me to going a little bit deeper to that page. What else is on that page leading to me to pornography? And that's the whole thing. This is why we have to confess our sins. We cannot be lukewarm. We need to protect our eyes because the eyes are a light to our body. What goes in comes out of our, goes into our heart and then it comes out. We need to repent. repent. Repent just means to change your heart and mind and be real with God. Say, God, forgive me for my sins. I'm a dirty sinner. I need your, I need you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me. And then I need to move on. But there has to, that's where revival starts. Going back to what you're saying about Greg. Great awakening and revival starts with repentance. That's the way every revival has ever started. Without a doubt. And I want to add to that, repentance is indeed at the core of it. And as you described, addictions or how easy it is. You know, we've got our phones clicked. There's a photo. And the next thing you know, you just go asleep and the enemy's biting down hard on you. It is, and this is not a popular message in the church. This is a battle. This is a battle. About three months ago, and I don't have prophesy, I don't have those gifts, I was awoken out of a deep sleep, and I believe it was God. I'm dropping the God card right here. And sometimes we have these— Don't worry, I believe in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, let me tell you what happened. Yes. (laughs) So so sometimes we have these dreams, and and, and we think it's profound, and so we write them down in the middle of the night, and we forget. We wake up the next morning, and it's like, oh, wait, what was that dream? And then you read, like, uh, elephants have purple hair, just something really dumb. Yes. But three months ago, in a deep sleep, I, I was awoken. I believe it was God. Write this down. So I wrote something down. I was just out of it. I didn't even remember till about three hours after I awoke the next morning. And I'm like, wait a minute. I had that dream. What did I write down? Where was it? And I read it. Ryan, it said, this is a battle for the hearts and souls of men. Mm-hmm. And I believe that was ordained by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are in a battle right now when we have to get our, our sons, our fathers, our uncles, our brothers. We got to get them battle ready. Ephesians 6, oh yeah, put on the armor of God. You were talking war about- paint. Wh- that's war well, paint. That, well, yeah. What's his name again from- uh, William uh, Wallace. Hort. William Wallace, yeah. war paint. And, okay. and, and I said something very politically incorrect at our KMG event- uh-huh. Because in in Braveheart, anybody that's seen that, there's a very popular scene where he's rallying the troops and the 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 real um, um, wussy guys. They're like, "Well, where's he going?" And he turns and he goes, "I'm going to pick a fight." <laughs> and I don't mean this flippantly, yeah. but I think 
We need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know that as blood, we have the authority and the power to rebuke demons. Mm -hmm. And we need to pick a fight with the enemy. We need to pick a fight with the devil. We need to know who we are as men and, and also women in the Lord. And we need to battle, take our ground back. We, we've, we've just kind of gone belly up in culture, men. I mean, you see statistics. I don't know if you watch Tucker Carlson. Not a faith-based show. Mm -hmm. He did a five-part expose on men in America and the devastation and the havoc and the suicides. Men are so checked out. And I can't really do anything about that, but I can at least spout off and challenge men in the body of Christ yep. to go, where are you? What you doing? If you're not straight and you're not walking right with the Lord, repent, as you say. Mm -hmm. Check yourself. Get in Ephesians, get your armor on, and get out there and battle for not only the hearts and souls of men, but battle for your family, battle for your community, battle for our country. Because yeah. the enemy, last thing, and I'll be quiet. When I grew up a little bit older than you, uh, Sundays, um, businesses were closed. Uh, the public school system taught the Bible. So a lot has happened in the last 50 years. But look. Growing up, evil kind of hit itself. Now, yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah. Yep. The, the, Saturation, too. And it's, it's like Satan is just going, look, I'm here. I don't even have to do anything. Here I am. And we just kind of turn away and cower, Christian men. No. We need to stop doing that and rediscover who we are in Christ. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and his blood, time to confront, time to battle. I want to go back to what you said a little bit earlier. You were talking about, you know, we need to be that man for our families. Now think about this, because as men, I know when I wasn't a Christian, you know, I was, you know, drinking and doing drugs and cocaine and stuff. And I, I was dating a girl that was, you know, successful, very nice girl. Um, and because of my influence on her life, she started doing some cocaine here and there drinking a little bit more than she used, you know, would normally. And that's just the influence. That's the influence we have on women and people around us because we are leaders. So if the, if the guys, men, are not following God and we're all, all caught up in all this stupid stuff, we're influencing the weak, you know, the women and our children. So that's why it's crucial that men have a relationship with God and lead the way because we have influence no matter what. And then one last thing I want you to talk in this too is that that verse of James, resist the devil and he will flee. I believe many of us are not resisting the devil. Resist means if I'm gonna jump over this table with a knife and try and shank you in the neck, you're gonna, that's true resistance. You're gonna do everything in your power and you're a lot bigger than me. You could take me out pretty much. How do you six? You six something? Six four. Six four. Yeah, I'm five eight. No big deal. <laughs> if I jumped over with your knife, you would literally take me down, and you were going to make sure that my knife was not going to go to your neck. That's truly resist. What resist looks like, but people are, are not resisting the devil. They're like they're just they're just bowing down and letting Satan come in and wreck havoc in their life. Few things. Yeah. Um. I'm, we're going to get briefly into a topic that's kind of sensitive. Um, in this day and age especially, but for a moment I want to talk about abortion. Mm -hmm. And in relation to what you said about men, I did not know this till recently. So men think I want to support my woman, so I'm going to go along with what she says, okay, in terms of making this decision. So we're silent. 
we, we're, we're kind of pacified. Society's really beat men up on this issue. We need to support women. We've got a good heart. So we think we're just supposed to not say anything. Statistically, 80% of women that are walking into an abortion clinic or a pregnancy clinic not knowing what they're going to do, 80% say, if my man would open his mouth and say, whether you're married, not, whatever it is, if the man says, I want to keep this child, 80% of the women said they would keep the child. So this is an issue of life and death as it applies to choice and abortion. Mm -hmm. But men don't say anything because they don't know. They don't know who they are. They don't know who they are in God. So that's number one in terms of the, the impact that we make as men. We don't even know it. Okay. You just made uh, an analogy about coming over here and, and resisting and the whole thing. Here is an example, and I, I never mean to offend. We live in a culture now where it's all about, mm, you just, you, you really offended me, and we've got safe pets, and what's going on in college campuses? Goodness gracious. So I don't <laughs> want to sound arrogant, yeah. but here's an example of what you just shared, yes. and I'm convinced of this. You sit across from a man and you smack him in the face, what do you think most men would do? Uh, give me another. <laughs> <laughs> May I have another? Yeah. Ask for permission for another one. No, yes, I, please. <laughs> I, I think most men would be stunned and wouldn't know how to react. Yeah. Okay. But here's what I believe God's put in us. We've lost our fierceness. Because deep down inside, if some dude, if you came over here and smacked me in the face— I would probably be stunned. I love you. I know you. But there would be a part of me deep down inside that would want to give it right back to you. And I throttle it back because I've been socialized into thinking, can't go there. Just like the whole dangerous term. If you've got the power, if, you've, if you know who you are, you don't have to flaunt it. But there's a time and a place when we need to step forward. There, there was a kid. Uh, it, it was is this, this is righteous anger. What you're talking about? Absolutely. Yes. And just, to and be just clear. and just wanting to 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 just be protectors and yeah. be leaders. The kid in in New York. Uh, the video where like four or five guys came in, dragged him out. They stabbed him to yep. death. I remember that. There were grown men standing there watching the, these kids drag him out. It would only have taken one guy to step forward and stop that. There was a, a, a party, I think it was in Southern California. It, it was a child's birthday party where, and I don't, I don't want to just get too down this road, but some, some children were stabbed and there were guys at the party. They didn't do anything Nothing. because we don't know who we are as men anymore. Real men would step forward. The Bible talks about uh, true love is laying your life down for your friend. Yes. Dudes would step forward and stop this stuff. But, and, and there are men, you know, there are warriors in culture. But I think for the most part, we got to be re-reminded, look, we let Satan in our homes by looking at our phones, doing things we shouldn't be doing. And it's like Satan just needs a little, a little area to just come in and squat. Yep. We don't even know to invite God into our homes and by the blood of Christ declare Jesus to come into our homes, rule our homes. The Lord serves this family. But guys, look, and it's guys in the church. I don't want to go after guys in the culture necessarily. Guys in the church, 
have to be re-reminded who you are in Christ and be the warrior, the greatest warrior on earth forever was Jesus. We're made in his image. Seems to me two plus two equals four. Well, then that makes us warriors. But I just don't think we know it. This is Frank Sontag in studio, and my name is Ryan Reese. And we are just going at it with this whole issue. And, you know, I just want to let the listeners know, you know, maybe you're new and this is the first time you've heard my show. Um, My story is I was one of those guys before. I basically got girls pregnant. And they said they were pregnant, and I just kind of, you know, you want to get an abortion, whatever you want to do. I, I, I'm, I'm that guy. I was that guy that we were talking about. I was that guy that was watching pornography. I was that guy just sleeping with girls. I was that guy that was doing all these things. But it wasn't till I had an encounter with God, and I said, God, I'm done. Forgive me for my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I meant it. And I knew my dad told me a verse. My dad's Pastor Al Reese. You guys probably heard of him from the radio. But I remember when I was in second grade, he told me, if you're not hot or cold and you're lukewarm, God will spit you out of his mouth. So I knew one day when I did give my life to the Lord, it had to be all in because I didn't want to be a poser. Lukewarm's a poser, basically. I'm a skateboarder. I skate. I surf. The last thing you ever want to be is a poser. Right. And I knew my whole life I did not want to be a poser even when it came to Christianity but this is what's so dope. I gave my life to Jesus in that hotel room. I was forgiven. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I read the Bible, the DNA of Jesus Christ. And God started walking with me. And he did this supernatural work in my life over years, removing stuff one thing at a time. And um, it could happen for you. And this is what Frank and I are talking about is because Frank... He comes, he wasn't a Christian his whole yeah, life. Yeah, just what you're saying. That was me too. <laughs> that was me I did too. all yeah. that stuff. So we're not here... Bring it. Come on. We're not here yeah. talking trash to you. Right. We're saying, hey, let's do this together. We are all together. We are all fighting the battle. That's and right. just because I'm a Christian now doesn't mean the battle doesn't exist. It exists every single day of my life. All it takes is one second, one decision. I could go back to what I was doing. But I know that it's a war. And this is why I got my face paint on. Because I know that we are going against the enemy in the Bible. In Ephesians 6, it talks about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of darkness of the unseen world. That's the New Living Translation. There's other translations. It's the kingdom of darkness. We are going against Satan and his demons. But we're not worried about him because God is the creator of the universe. He created those fools. Okay, They don't have power over us, but if we allow them, like Paul talks about in Ephesians, if we let them have a foothold like uh, Frank was just talking about, he just comes in, they get that little, that little foothold, they get a hold of our belt loop, and then they just slowly creep in all different aspects. We open these little small doorways, and then they come in and take the house. I want to emphasize what you just said. Ryan Reese, Frank Sontag, we can't do it in our will. We tried that. Boy, messed up. I can tell you my story when we come back if you'd like. But messed up, jacked up, mistakes, womanizer, drug user, drinker, gambler, the whole thing. When I met the risen Savior, when I met the risen Christ and I invited him into my life, he began a work in me. This whole program, this whole interview is about who is Jesus Christ and who are you and are you right with God? That's the whole heart of this. 
And I think we need to just ask some questions. For those of you that are non-believers that listen to this, the Bible says simply, if you invite him into your life with a sincere heart, he will make himself known to you. He'll reveal himself. And maybe in the second half, we can talk a little bit more about who Jesus is, the greatest warrior, the greatest man who ever walked this planet. But I, I just validate what you're saying, Ryan. I mean, I, look, I tried the world. I tried living for me. I wreaked havoc, made a mess, hurt a lot of people. And then when I met the risen Savior, my heart was broken for how I rebelled against God, and I asked for forgiveness, and I repented of my ways. I put my faith and trust in him and said, I will, as long as you give me breath, I will sing your praises, I will preach your word, I will be on fire for you, and I will lead men, if that's what you're calling me to do. Well, there it is there, Frank Sontag from Kingdom Men's Gathering Ministries, and he has his own show, Frank Sontag Show. As you know, my name is Ryan Reese from the Whosoever's Movement. We're going to be going to break in a minute, but just to let you guys know, we are touring the public high school system. Call us, contact us. We will literally come in and preach the gospel in the public school system. We are in front of 19,000 students this year, and 15,000 of them gave their life to Jesus Christ. Revival, a great awakening, is breaking out with uh, the, the youth, and that's where revival always starts off. It starts out with the youth, so we are in the middle of a revival. We are in the birth pains. It is happening. So contact us at thewhosoevers.com, and we would love to come out. And it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're watching YouTube, we'll come. We're going to Australia soon. So wherever you're at, contact us, and we will uh, we'll talk to you guys right after the break in two minutes. More live with Ryan Reese coming up. Is everything all right? Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. All right, we are back. I got Frank Sontag in the studio. You guys know him, and he's loved, and I love him and his family, and I'm so stoked that he got to come up here to talk about his uh, his ministry. It's uh, I got to look it up because I don't want to blow it, Frank. It's the Kingdom Men's Gathering. I just went massive uh, men's gathering out in L.A. They're going to be taking it all across the nation, so if uh, you're interested, contact him. And, um, I mean, they had, they had, like, how many thousand men? 3,200 men out? 22. 2,200 men. KMGministries.com is our website if, yep. if listeners want to go and just see what we're doing and what we're going to do with the Lord's power come next year. Take it across the nation. 100%. But before we move on, I forgot to announce because I was going to do it at the break, but we work with the, uh, the Subaru. We work with Irvine Subaru. They've actually sponsored us to help Beautiful. us to go into uh, the public schools. They're, they're getting behind us, and, you know, it's just awesome to get people that, that um, believe in our mission from the mainstream that want to see uh, kids, men, and women's lives transformed. Because like we were talking about earlier at the break, the whole suicide epidemic, the uh, cutting, the um, anxiety, um, the drugs are at an all-time high. I just read a new article that said that STDs are at an all-time high as well. Yep. It's wild out there. But then you have people like Irvine Subaru that have got behind us that are helping us go into high schools and preach 
the gospel. So I want to plug this event. They're doing this event that the whosoever's we're going to be at. It's like October 6th at Irvine Subaru from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, they have this new car, and it's the Ascent SUV. I purchased it for That's our family. It's a sweet ride. I know the, I have know the seen car. It? Yeah, it's a nice ride. Dude, it's sick. It's, a, yep. it's their full, first full size because I got triplets. So we got the whole back, me and my wife. It's on. But they have that now. It's there. And then they have the new redesign. Uh, Forcer 19, uh, 2019. It's going to be amazing. And then our boys at My Delight Cupcakes are coming down and doing custom cupcakes. So basically, you get to see two new sick cars coming out out of Irvine Subaru, and you get epic cupcakes. And the Whosoever's Movement's going to be there. It's going to be a party. Come on down. October 6th. October 6th, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at IrvineSubaru.com. Beautiful. All right, I can't wait for that event. It's going to be amazing. So listen, Frank, we addressed the issue of the first half. Now let's talk about the solution. The reason why you created this uh, men's gathering is, to, is the solution for this. And, you know, we did the Who's movement. We're going after the kids, but I want to really talk about what you're doing. What is the solution, and how is your ministry affecting and empowering and encouraging the men? If somebody's sick, you have to identify the disease before you can get better. The disease is sin, not a popular term. Secular culture doesn't like that. I didn't give my life to the Lord till I was 54. I hated that word. I was in full rebellion against God. I was a leader in the New Age movement. I led New Age for 21 years. I know what it's like to live for this world. And I, I thought I was doing the right thing, but I wasn't. I knew on a deep level something was missing, and that is having a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. So again, the, the, the root cause of all of this is sin. You can just open a Bible. Jesus came into the world to right the world from sin. He was the ultimate sacrifice. So what's the solution? KMG Ministries was started in deep prayer, addressing men, challenging men to be men of God. Both in culture, I don't think men know who they are, and in the church, I don't think men know who they are. So what is the solution? Who is the solution? The solution is Jesus Christ. We need to get deep in Scripture. We need to know who He is right now, not who He was 2,000 years ago. And we are told, you talked about when Christ walked the earth, He had 12 hooligans that He kind of invited in three years. They watched Him. They, they, they saw miracles. And when he hung on a cross and died, they scattered like little, scared, little whatevers, right? The girls were the only ones that showed up. That's right. (laughs) The women are the ones that were there. Yeah. So when when he arose and came back, hundreds of people saw him. He eventually left and imbued the power of the Holy Spirit. So for right now, this moment, in this time... Those that surrender to Jesus and put our life in his hands and live for him, we've got the Holy Spirit in us. Yeah. So where's the answer? The answer is not in Ryan Reese's will. The answer is not in Frank Sontag's will. The answer is in God's will. And if you live for him, if you surrender to him, you talk about cutting and suicide and drug epidemics and, and obesity and just all of the STDs and everything— mm-hmm. You live in the world, anybody listening right now who doesn't know Jesus, you know on some level it's a dead end. Living for all of the brief moments in this world is a dead end. You will always be hungry. You will always be thirsty. And again, I want to be redundant here. Scripture says you have to get right 
All you need to do is invite Jesus into your life. And when you do, and you surrender, and you ask for forgiveness, and you repent, put your faith and trust in him, the Holy Spirit indwells in you. It's not about, Jesus is not a new age teacher or some, some, some health some self-help guru where it's five steps to happiness and success in this life. He begins a, a work in you. He's going to transform your life and give you a power and a strength that you've never experienced in your life, a, a, a discernment, a clarity, a direction, a courage. Ryan Reese and the Whosoever's, Frank Sontag, KMG Ministries, were two men that loved the Lord. I, I won't speak for you. I don't have the ability to do this. Yep. I didn't go to school and get a degree and, oh, this is what leadership is. I surrender to Jesus every day. Lord, lead me through the power of the Holy Spirit. What would you have me do? And I, you saw last Saturday, God shows up. Yep. God wants to show up in each and every listener that you have, each and every person. Jesus is coming back. The book in Revelation some of the Christians think, again, love and compassion and forgiveness. The dude that's coming back on a horse in Revelations, he ain't going to be hugging people. He's going to right all wrongs in the world. So he is the answer, the only answer in this life. And we as human beings, God loves us so much, he gives us free will to say yes or no. And I think, I believe right here, right now, when all is said and done at the end of this interview, at the end of this time with you, People need to ask themselves, are they right with God? And if they're not, get right with him. Get a Bible. Get in a church. Ask Jesus into your life. Start living right, not by your will, but by his will. 100%. You have to get plugged in definitely to a church that's teaching through the Bible. You know that you don't want... (laughs) You're seeing a lot of this stuff trending also, Frank, maybe you can speak into it, but there's a lot of like motivational speakers out there now, you know, that they're, they're, they're pastors, but they do a lot of motivational stuff. That whole motivational feel good stuff, that, that stuff does not last. The only thing that lasts is the word of God. When you're there at night and the enemy comes knocking at your door, I think Remy said that one time, he has some quote that talks about the nothing's for free. The enemy's going to come back knocking. Remy Yep, I love that guy. Uh, but he was saying that, you know, when the enemy comes knocking, feel good messages and motivational stuff, that doesn't last. It's the word of God. It's those scriptures. And through the work of the Holy Spirit, we'll bring back to remembrance. Whatever you read, it's like a hard drive. Whatever you read goes into your mind and the Holy Spirit pulls from whatever you read, those scriptures. So when you're going through those tough times in your life, if you've never read it, there's nothing in your hard drive. So this is the importance of getting plugged in to a men's fellowship. Walking elbow, si- elbow side by side with men that are going through, real men going through real issues, trying to live a real life with Jesus Christ. That was the whole disciples deal. Yep. And you got to walk side by side. You can share like what's going on with you and they'll be able to encourage you because they've been through it. And you could, you know, it's important that you have to do this 100%. And you talk about motivation. I was a motivational teacher, 21 years in the new age. That's what I did. I spotted all that stuff, all all the ways to to success and happiness and reframe a negative into a positive, and and I taught meditation. I did all that junk for 21 years. When I realized Mm -hmm. I was lost, that was the crux of it. And I had, by the world standards, I had a great job, a beautiful wife, a house, a car. I was known, all that. But here's the bottom line to the, the, the whole motivation thing. And I know we don't like to hear about sin. But look, just ask yourself, 
Deep down inside, you sense something is missing. I know I didn't stop long enough to really get honest in my life till I was 54. And it took a, a, a literally um, a radical moment with God. Because you stay busy. So the more right. busyness, that the, the distractions keeps you distracted. Without from, a doubt. And we live in a culture of distractions. Yeah. Yeah. And in America, look at this. We're affluent. We're convenient. We got choices. We got distractions. Uh, I've read statistics where 10, 11, 12 hours a day, the average person stares at a screen. Yep. And I'm not going to get real with God until I'm 80 and I've kind of, you know, lived a, a rowdy life and then maybe I will. But look, we can go anytime. Life is way too short. Things happen. I may drive home on the five freeway and that may be it. So again, the essence about being right with God. But I, I just, the, the other thing that I'm, I'm really burdened by, and you talked about it, th- th- this softness, like, yeah, love is cool. Love the world's love, yeah, warm fuzzies. We got, like, I got a horse, and a, my wife's got a kitty and, you know, a doggy, and we, we, we like to talk about love and affection and gentleness and all that stuff. But you're a daddy now. You got three beautiful girls. Being a daddy and loving your children isn't letting them do anything they want and wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. You want to establish boundaries. You want to discipline them. You want to be a person that will give them the tools partially by the way you live your life so they can live a life for God. And so the the soft love of the world, I think there's a fierce love that God has has put and exampled by Jesus Christ when he was here 2,000 years ago. Here's the last thing I'll say, and I'll be quiet. No, keep going for it. One of the first books that blew my mind as a non-believer New Ager was a book called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. In the book, among the many things he talks about is the poser. The poser is the insecure dude that will learn things. I don't know if you saw Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. I did. The ultimate poser. He would get this chance every day to learn get information, and then he would kind of morph into this person he mm-hmm. wanted her to love and the whole thing. I realized in my life, maybe I'm the only one, I was a poser. I, I said things. I wanted people to like me. I was insecure. All that stuff. That's not who I was. That's what I did. God made us in his image. Mm-hmm. God has a perfect plan for our lives. And are we living for ourselves or are we living for him? And man, we can keep living for ourselves and life is going to be real short. And then Ryan and I say, we believe in the Bible. It says we're going to stand in front of our maker one day and be held accountable for how we lived our lives. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of atheist friends. Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, okay, I'm not buying it. Okay. I still want to pray for you. I still absolutely know this is God's truth. Turn to him. You know, I'm going to add to what you were saying, how God created us in his image and there's only one of us and there only ever will be one of us. And we have a purpose here. God created us. The scripture says that he knit us together in, in our mother's womb. He created us for a plan and a purpose on this earth while we're here. He has marching orders for us and an amazing plan for our lives. And when we aren't living in that plan, we get caught up and, and, you know, same the way I was. I got caught up in all these distractions, and you identify with all these things, 
but that's not you. You find your identity, you start trying to identify because you have to identify with that's something. Right. That's right. So you're identifying with some music you're listening to or the way you dress and, you know, uh, who you're hanging out with and all these different. If you want, you know, if you want to be tough, you go start hanging out with like, you know, I guess if you want to be a gangster, you go start hanging out with gangsters or whatever it be. My point is you lose yourself. When God has this amazing plan for every single one of you that are listening tonight, and you don't have to pose to be something else, just give your life to God and let him show you who you are, who you are in Christ. I remember thinking, you know, before when I was a Christian, I'm like, if I give my life to God, I got to be like all these like Christian people. And I'm like, God, that looks so boring. Well, you know what? I am a Christian, but I'm not like all these Christian people. I'm unique and I'm doing my own thing and I'm living for God in my own way. And I think that could also be a curse is that you can think you become like the Christian industry or the Christian bubble or whatever that is, you know, and you just, you know, I met a lot of guys that were, that were radical dudes that were doing rad things. Then all of a sudden they found God and they go, Oh, well, I guess I got to cut my hair or I got, I can't wear these kind of shirts. I got to, I got to be a nice guy. I got to do all the right things. I got to check the boxes and <laughs> I got to live themselves. a life of death. Basically they lose That's themselves right. Right. and they're like, man, my life stinks. Yep. I'm so bored. And I'm like, well, weren't you like in the band at one time? Weren't you doing all these cool things? You were like an artist, all this stuff. And now you're like, wearing a button up and some dockers and like, you got the comb over. Like, <laughs> That, who are you anyway? And who told you to dress like that? And who told you to act like that? That's not Christian. That's, That's right. not the Bible. Read the Bible. Look at King David. That dude was a musician. He was, first of all, <laughs> he was a shepherd. He was just a nobody, just hanging out, taking the care of sheep, like sheep pooping in the in the field, like in the middle of nowhere, like yep. by yourself, a loner, yep. musician. And then God had a plan for this dude. Because he, he submitted, his, he had a relationship with God, and God called him. But then he went through this whole thing where he was, like, running from Saul. Saul wanted to kill him because he became this mighty warrior, and he, uh, Saul killed thousands, but King David killed ten thousands. I think that's what the scripture says. But anyway, he was with all these mighty men of valor that were uncontent, unrestful. They were just hiding in caves, waiting for God to raise them up as a king. And my point is God had this amazing plan for this guy. This guy was an artist. He was a warrior. He was a king. And you know what's so amazing, which kind of stinks, but God's grace is amazing. He blew it. Yeah. Just yeah. like all of us men. Yeah. He blew it. Yeah. He went and slept with some other dude's wife. Yeah. And then he got her pregnant. How relatable is the story to people that are listening? You know, this happens all the time. Then he, what does he do? I'm going to hide my problem and I'm going to kill that dude. He had that dude killed and then wanted to act like the good guy, married the girl, and then God sent the prophet to tell him, you know, hey, dude, you're, you're the guy that did this. And he fell on his knees and he repented. He reaped what he sowed, but God restored his life and did amazing things. Let me just for a moment speak to identity, and you you so eloquently talked about it. Look, um, we're, we're just trying to search who we are. A lot of dudes, uh, daddy left. We didn't have biological fathers. We got the father wound, overwhelming statistics. And so we grow up not knowing what it is to be a man because we didn't see a man in the house or the man in the house. We just made the vow, I will never be like my father. And we're going to do everything the opposite of what he lived or what he taught us. And then we wake up one day and we realize, oh, my God, I'm just like my father. So here's the point. Identity is the key. Mm -hmm. 
and you talked about, I, I, at least I heard you, like there's some Christians out there that just look like they're bored. Here's the deal. Who are you living for? If you're living for God, the, the father of everything that gives you life, that gives you purpose, that loves you, you're going to want to honor your daddy, Abba, Father. And so when you stop living for you and the short stuff in this world, and you put your focus on him, and you want to live for him, whether it's you do music well for him, you play sports well for him, you're a good father for him and say thank you. You, you live a life of gratefulness and blessing. The whole thing shifts because I don't know about you, Ryan, but when I was living for myself, man, I always wanted more. If I had a good job with a lot of money, if I only make a little more, or if I had a nice ride, the moment it went from being new to two years old, I needed a newer ride. There's always something more that you want because our hearts are depraved. So when your identity is redefined by the the power and the fire of Jesus Christ and you live for him, man, he's got an adventure for you. He's got a plan. Men, women, life gets exciting. Yes. Life gets adventurous. And you start taking risks. I wish someone would have told me that before. Because we have this, at least I had this mentality that when you give your life to God, you're going to be boring. You go to church, you do this. My life is amazing. I'm doing more stuff, Frank, than I ever have. Even than I, there's stuff I'm doing now I didn't even know I liked. The fact that I'm here on the radio hanging out with you. That's right. This is like, I love doing this. I never even imagined I'd ever do it, but God knew my heart. I remember going on your show and even Frank Pastore before, and I go, God gave me these little like nuggets like, like, man, this would be amazing to do this one day. But I was like, I would never be able to do this. But God knows the desires of our heart, and he created us for a purpose. And there's so many people that are missing out on what God designed them for. And it all comes down to, like you said, is just surrendering. And then you go on that journey, and it is amazing. You know, I, I don't mean to pull out a movie, but again, Braveheart is the one we kind of talked about. In Braveheart, there's a lot of symbolism about living a life in freedom, about you know, he, he, he goes in a moment addressing his troops like they want to play it safe. They want to get land. They want to get the babes, the whole thing. And he goes, yeah, you'll, you'll live for a short time and you'll die in your bed old and, and safe and all that. Or do you want to live for just one moment with all of the fire in life and truly live? And I think the expression is very few men, and I I don't remember exactly, but something like, uh, oh, I just blew it. But it's it's all about living life fiercely Mm -hmm. in the moment for who are you? What are you doing? I mean, is it really... Checking the boxes? Is it really trying to be a poser? Is it really being a nice person? Or just maybe the father that made you has that plan for you, wants to love you and bless you. And my goodness, all of a sudden, you go from just kind of existing in life to living life with a vibrancy in the moment. You wake up in the morning and it's like, Man, I, I'm a mess. I'm in a struggle, but Jesus, I thank you. Holy Spirit, lead me today. And he'll reveal things. He'll make divine appointments. You'll have experiences in life. You'll know things about your abilities like you never knew. You're talking yep. about that. Yep. 
dude, me leading a ministry? Really? Me being a Christian? I used to mock Jesus on my radio (laughs) program. Yep. He's the only answer. And when you invite him in and live for him, this life, I mean, I don't want to sleep anymore. There's so much to do. For real. Absolutely. Hey, if you don't believe us, go, you know, I would suggest do this. Go get a Bible or you download the Bible app or, you know, whatever you want to do. Just find a Bible, Holy Bible, and uh, Mm. read the Gospels. Find out who Jesus is. If you don't believe what we're saying tonight, get in the Bible and read the Gospel of John. Read Luke. Read Mark. Mark has ADD. If you got ADD, read the Gospel of Mark. You know, if you wanted to see Jesus Christ as the Son of God, you know, read uh, John. If you want to see him as the servant, read Matthew. I mean, go through and read these accounts and see who Jesus is. Read the Bible for face value and see how he interacts with his disciples, how they are, how he treats the religious Pharisees. The guys are all caught up in religion and traditions, but then how he treats the the poor and the sick and how he just um, carries himself, literally how he carries himself to the cross. Read it. May I add to that? Absolutely. And if you're a Christian, do the same thing. Yes. Because so many of us don't read the Bible. We just kind of recite. We, we know some scripture. We don't open the Word. The Word is living and active. And you, your suggestion about reading the synoptic Gospels, read the red letters. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Discover again, or maybe for the first time, who Jesus not was, who Jesus is. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to heal you. He wants to show you vistas that you've never seen. My goodness, man. Let's. Bob Dylan once said, he that's busy, uh, busy dying is not busy living or something along those lines. Get busy living or get busy dying. Thank you. I messed that <laughs> one up. <laughs> but yeah, let's live life to its fullest right here, right now for the only purpose that we're here Mm -hmm. the risen king he's waiting he's just waiting for you to ask him into your life and maybe if you're a christian this is my ministry kmgministries.com a lot of dudes in the church we think we're christian men you don't know who you are in christ because you don't have a relationship with him and you don't walk with him man up ask for forgiveness get in an accountability group confess your sins if you're really struggling with all sorts of things looking at things you shouldn't The devil wants to isolate you and keep you alone. Jesus wants to surround you with people that love you, and ultimately he loves you. Man, here it is. Let's live boldly right here, right now. And the way you do that is to discover God's perfect plan in your life through his son, Jesus Christ. You are never too far. In closing, There's grace, there's mercy, the blood that was shed on the cross, there's forgiveness of sins, there's power in the Holy Spirit. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on him tonight. Frank you, Frank you, Frank you, Frank, thank you You for being on the show. Thank you for what you do. Whosoever's this radio program, you're a warrior. And I love you a great deal and have utmost respect, admiration for you. Thank you for being on fire for the Lord and showing the world. Awesome. And come down to Irvine Subaru and meet us October 6th. We're going to be there from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at IrvineSubaru.com. Checking out all the new cars. I'm going to roll my car up with the triplets in the back. Probably do some donuts in the parking lot. It's going to be sick. Love it. Come (laughs) out.
This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.